What's up, everybody? You're listening to the 10 After 7 podcast with your host, Michael Cody Stevenson. It's episode 49, which means we're only one episode away from the big number 50 worn by the Los Angeles Dodgers Mookie Betts World Series champion. This past week has been a wild one. In my world, in the sports world, it's been batshit crazy. We had the national championship game on Monday night between the Ohio State Buckeyes and Alabama Crimson Tide, and that already feels like months ago. We had breaking news in the NBA that we knew was coming, but it finally came to fruition. In the NFL, we had coaching vacancies filled, and this weekend we have the divisional round playoffs, and we got some great matchups in that one. So where do I start? Let's start with the national championship game on Monday night. We knew going in that Alabama was the best team all season long. Led by Mac Jones at quarterback. Of course, they had Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, the receiver on the outside. Went off for three touchdowns in the semifinal against Notre Dame. And he did the same damn thing in the national championship. He only played one half of football because he missed the second half due to a dislocated finger. But you know what? He still caught 12 balls for 215 yards and three touchdowns. And we wish he could have played in the second half because this game was already over. And I would have loved to see Smith get probably 20 catches for 400 yards and six touchdowns against the Ohio State. The game was maybe close for midway through the second quarter. We thought Ohio State could hang around, and then Devontae Smith was being guarded by a linebacker named Tuff Borland who didn't have a goddamn chance in the world to stay with him. And that's when I said, okay, Ohio State doesn't know what they're doing. Alabama's going to win another national championship. Nick Saban's seventh passes the legendary coach Bear Bryant, and Alabama just continues to be the machine that we know them as. As long as Nick Saban is coaching college football, Alabama is going to be at the top of the world. That's just what it is. Until college football, college football could actually expand the playoffs to eight teams, 16 teams. But we know at the end of the day, Alabama's probably going to be playing for the national championship. So we'll see him again next year. Congrats to them. And yes, I do think Devontae Smith's going to be an absolute star at the next level. Can't wait to draft him in fantasy football. But that game seriously feels like months ago. Because in the NBA, we got the news that we were all waiting for. James Harden, after a loss to the Lakers, went on, had a press conference and said, you know what, I've done everything. This is something I just can't fix. And then the news started circulating that the Houston Rockets said, the hell with this guy. We're going to keep him at home until we can trade him. And not even 24 hours later, the report was that James Harden was getting his ass shipped out to the Brooklyn Nets, where he actually said before the season started he wanted to end up. These NBA players can basically say, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. I'm going to come in out of shape. I'm going to be so unprofessional to the point where I'm going to get exactly what I want and play exactly where I want. Think about it. Kawhi Leonard didn't no longer want to play with the San Antonio Spurs, even after winning some championships, even after being the finals MVP, said, I'm going to stay away from the team. I'm going to rehab on my own time. I don't want to play for this franchise anymore. And you know what happened? He got traded to the Toronto Raptors and won a championship there. He got exactly what he wanted. And then Anthony Davis, remember him? 
He was playing for the New Orleans Pelicans, the small market Pelicans. Started his career there. It was a good story. Went to the playoffs a few different times. And then in his last year before, a couple of years before free agency, he said, I'm done. I want to go play for the Los Angeles Lakers alongside the greatest basketball player of all time and LeBron James. We have the same agency. Just get me to the Lakers. And he kind of milled in his last season. But he said he wanted to play for the Lakers, and then the Pelicans had no choice. They traded him to the Lakers. So he got exactly what he wanted, and he wasn't pretty professional about it. And so James Harden this year did the same thing those two guys did and knew exactly what was going to happen from the start. He said, hey, I want to play for the Brooklyn Nets. I want to go play with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, if he's even going to play. And the Rockets had no choice but to give the man what he wanted. So now we have the big three in Brooklyn of Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Joe Harris. Because Kyrie Irving is nowhere to be seen. He's probably on a Zoom meeting somewhere, not giving a damn about basketball. So if anyone's already saying, oh, the Nets look dangerous, let's pump the brakes. Is Kyrie Irving even playing in the NBA anymore? Listen, it's a formidable big three. I don't think we've seen anything like it. We know James Harden and the Houston Rockets had to change everything to cater to James Harden. Mike D'Antoni said, you know what? Daryl Morey said, you know what? We're going to trade away our tallest guy. We're going to play with only 6'6 dudes who could shoot. James Harden's going to control the entire game. He's going to dribble a 1,000 times per game. We're going to play iso ball. He'll kick it out to the corners once in a while, and that's the way we're going to play basketball. They never ended up winning a championship. I think James Harden is probably the hardest player to cater to. So right now, I don't really know what to think or expect from the Brooklyn Nets. I know Kevin Durant's the best player. He's looked great coming off the Achilles injury so far this season. I do know that stars sometimes work, sometimes don't. I know it's worked more often than not when you get three superstars playing on the same team. So I'm going to say right now that we have to wait and see. We have to wait and see until we find out if Kyrie Irving comes back and if he's going to be back for the, I don't know, for the season. Because it seems like he could decide tomorrow that, hey, I'm going to play a couple games and I'm going to sit out again. He got fined over $800,000 for missing the last week and really not returning phone calls from his coaches. We're going to have to see how James Harden gets into shape. I know people could try to blame bad angles for the pictures that were coming out of James Harden in warm-ups. There's no bad angles when there's videos of how chunky James Harden has looked. And, hey, maybe he's going to be playing inspired basketball, playing alongside Kevin Durant. They had to get rid of Karis LeVert. They had to get rid of Jared Allen. Do they have enough depth? I know the other guys are going to be the most important thing about this trade. Do the other guys step up? We know what James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving can do, but can the other guys plug in and play? That's crazy that in the NBA, these players can just be so unprofessional, and it works every single time. I truly want to know if Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, likes what's happening. And you know what? Giannis just signed a five-year deal to stay in Milwaukee, and I brought my friend Ryan Music on this podcast, and we said, how long until he requests a trade? And we probably gave it three years, which is crazy. That we're already talking about when he signs his five-year deal, when is he going to request a trade? And you know what? 
When he requests a trade, he could probably not show up to training camp. He could probably work himself into shape or show up out of shape. And he's going to end up on the team that he wants to end up on because that's the way the NBA works. It would just suck. I feel bad for the fans of the Houston Rockets. I feel bad for the fans of the New Orleans Pelicans, the San Antonio Spurs. When you have a superstar in your hands and they could just say, you know what, fuck it. I want out and that happens. I don't even know if there's fans in the NBA that are actually fans of teams anymore. Because why would you be? Why would you be a fan of a team, especially a small market one at that? You really have no chance of winning. And when you actually get the lottery ticket and drafting maybe a Giannis or a Kawhi Leonard or that next big superstar, it's just a matter of time before he decides, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to request a trade and I'm going to go play at a big market because that's what superstars do. So that's how I feel bad for. It gives me something to talk about. I like seeing big threes, personally. Basketball is geometry and motion. You have to get the right pieces to fit in the right spots. You have to have chemistry on the court. All of that has to come into play to get to the end and win a championship. And I want to have one final note. There's a reason why James Harden came into this season, requested a trade, came in out of shape, and wanted to go to an Eastern Conference team. It's because the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis are the odds-on favorites. And people know if they're in the same conference as those guys, they don't have a great shot at getting to the NBA Finals. So at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, this has to go on LeBron James' resume. People are scared the same way they were scared of Michael Jordan when he was reeling off titles back in the 90s. That's what I have to say about the NBA. Let's get into the NFL. Coaching vacancies filled. Urban Meyer's the big one. Agreed to a deal to become the next Jacksonville Jaguars coach. They hold the rights to the number one overall pick. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. He's the generational talent that we've all been talking about since he stepped on the scene at Clemson in his freshman season. The Jaguars selling point is, hey, we have the number one pick. We have cap space and our owner. Listen, the owner had a quote earlier a couple of weeks ago that said he's had full control over the last couple of years of personnel decisions, making picks. That scared me off with the Jacksonville Jaguars from the start. And this is the same owner that legitimately wants to move his team to London. Urban Meyer went to the Jacksonville Jaguars probably because he believes that Trevor Lawrence is the next big thing. But I don't trust the Jacksonville Jaguars because the owner... They're the most irrelevant franchise in maybe all of sports. There's not going to be a lot of pressure on Urban Meyer over there. I like to see the college coach jump to the NFL just to experiment and see if it comes to fruition and works out. It didn't work out for Nick Saban. It worked out for Pete Carroll. And now it's Urban Meyer's turn to prove if he's a great coach at the next level. So that's an interesting point. But as the Jags hired on Urban Meyer, the New York Jets filled their vacancy by hiring Rob Solo, or Salah, from the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator. He's going to bring along offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur with him, brother of Matt LaFleur. And they were under Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, and that's all I need to know to buy the stock of the New York Jets. The Jets have a big decision. They hold the number two pick in the draft. They have Sam Darnold. They could either watch him play out his final year to decide, hey, we want to bring him back for a fifth-year option the same way the Chicago Bears did with Mitchell Trubisky. 
They could trade back from that two spot, get a couple of more players, more skilled players at that, because right now they don't have a lot of skill guys to work with. They signed Frank Gore at running back. But by all accounts, all the draft guys out there, Makai Becton, who they drafted last year in the first round of the draft, is going to be the great tackle for the next decade plus. So you could start by saying that. And if they trade back, they could get more players. They could see what they have in Sam Darnold with a new coaching staff under him because they failed him with Adam Gase before. I am buying the stock in the New York Jets based off Kyle Shanahan's offense over in San Francisco. They poached from a team that was in the Super Bowl just two years ago. We don't know what Urban Meyer's bringing. He's never been at the NFL level. We know that the San Francisco 49ers were in the Super Bowl, and this was part of their coaching staff, Rob Sala and Mike LaFleur. And quarterbacks under Kyle Shanahan have thrived. Right now, we don't know what to think of Jimmy Garoppolo, but there's one thing on Jimmy Garoppolo's resume that's not on a lot of other dudes. He was able to compete for a Super Bowl and was maybe a couple of throws from being a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. So if Sam Darnold is the talented guy that he was coming out of USC, if he's got anything that we think he had left in the tank, this coaching staff's going to be able to turn it around with a couple of nice draft picks. They have to hit on those draft picks. But I think they have a brighter future than the Jacksonville Jaguars. You could try to sell Urban Meyer on cap space. It's the most overrated thing in sports, especially in the NFL. And a thing I really never thought of, I talked to my friend Ryan Music about it. I said, who are you, who are you buying stock in? The New York Jets or the Jacksonville Jaguars? And he said, all these things I'm repeating to you, that the New York Jets, by just a slight chance, because they have Sam Darnold in-house, they could trade back, keep him for a couple more years, see what they have and then start over. And he also said that I never thought of before. The Jaguars could talk about cap space and free agents all they want, but in the NFL, the great players usually are locked up by their teams and don't hit free agency. I thought that was a really smart point. I've never actually heard that before. I knew free agency was very overrated in the NFL, but yes, the good ones, the great ones, don't hit free agency because they get locked up by their teams. So give me the New York Jets. Maybe over the next five years, they could turn this thing around. I think they got to give their coach some time. I don't like these franchises that are on a coaching carousel with the Browns were for the last, I don't know, decade. So we'll see how Rob Salah does. But those are the two coaching vacancies that were already filled. We still have lots more to go. The Houston Texans, who the hell knows what they're doing? They sure as hell ain't listening to Sean Watson. Will they trade him? I don't know. But the game's coming up this weekend. Here's the point I have to make. You're going to kill me for it. But you know what? I'm selfish. I'm selfish. I really am. I'm a Los Angeles Rams fan. And I was a Los Angeles Rams fan for, what, three, four years now when they finally came to Los Angeles? I waited my entire life to have a team to root for at the professional level in the NFL, which means all through my childhood, I flipped teams. I flipped for players I was rooting for. I was a confused football fan. But as a football fan, I knew that Tom Brady was always playing in Super Bowls. I knew that Aaron Rodgers was one of the most talented quarterbacks I ever saw play football. And then over the last couple of years, I saw Patrick Mahomes burst onto the scene, already win a Super Bowl at a very young age, and it looks like he could win multiple going forward. So as a Rams fan of only four or five years, 
This weekend, they take on the Packers. And as a football fan, it overtook my Rams fandom because at the end of the day, I want to see Aaron Rodgers get his second Super Bowl. And I want to see him go head-to-head with Patrick Mahomes, the young pup. That right there is the best-case scenario for a football fan. You can't even deny it if you're a fan of football, that you want to see Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes probably at the end of the day will go down as two of the most talented QBs to ever do it. And Kansas City Chiefs for Green Bay Packers. If you're a historian, that was the first Super Bowl that was ever played at the Los Angeles Coliseum. And give me all the headlines that week leading up to the Super Bowl of these two quarterbacks going head-to-head and these two franchises meeting once again after meeting in Super Bowl one. I'll eat that shit up. So when the Rams take on the Green Bay Packers on Saturday afternoon, the Packers a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home in Lambeau, I am going to root for the Rams, but in the back of my head, I'm going to say, you know what? If the Rams lose this game, I'm not going to be that mad about it. I'm just not. Because I like Aaron Rodgers. I like to root for Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know how much faith I'll have in the Rams this weekend when Jared Goff, still with a bum thumb, is going to start at quarterback. Aaron Donald's got a rim injury. If he's not at full strength, I don't think the Rams stand a chance. I'm going to love the matchup between Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey on the outside. But Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Rodgers only having one ring, quarterbacks being judged off a ring solely. I want that dude to get to the next Super Bowl. And you know what? If he wins, he has a chance to face off against two legends that are still left. We got the matchup between Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints for a third time this year, which means Drew Brees and Tom Brady are going head-to-head once again. And Tom Brady's 0-2 in that matchup. And... A third matchup of a 2-0 team taking on the same team again. It's happened 21 times in the postseason before. The team that went 2-0 has 14 times won the third game. So the odds are in Drew Brees' favor. But in this game, again, Saints are favored by 2.5 points, and I never root for Tom Brady, but of course I'm going to root for Tom Brady in this one because if he wins, guess who he's matching up with in the NFC Championship game if the Packers get their job done against the Rams. That's right, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, another quarterback matchup that we could drool over. Tom Brady, the goat of all goats, against Aaron Rodgers. And look at the headlines leading up to that one. Tom Brady's one win away from getting to another Super Bowl, and this time he's doing it without Bill Belichick. And he's going to have to go into Lambeau, the cold weather Green Bay, to get it done. And listen, that's just the NFC. The NFC has the aura of the great QBs. Jared Goff getting to the NFC Championship game and going against Drew Brees or Tom Brady. Yeah, there's a little bit of history there of them playing each other in the Super Bowl. Goff winning that game in the Superdome with a non-PI call. But it just doesn't move the needle like an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady does. That'll be the appetizer of all appetizers. I'm a big appetizer guy. And shame me for it. I like boneless wings as an appetizer. I'm a huge spinach and artichoke dip. I love nachos as an appetizer, but getting an appetizer of Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers on Championship Sunday, that's the appetizer platter that can be placed right in front of your face time to time at a couple of restaurants. You get the mozzarella sticks. 
You got the celery and ranch. You got boneless wings on that plate. You got all of it. You could even put chicken tenders on that shit. All the finger foods of all. That's the appetizer I want to see. And then in the AFC, we got Patrick Mahomes taking on the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns were a cute story. A lot of people are even saying they won their Super Bowl last week when they steamrolled the Pittsburgh Steelers, went up 28-0 early. And then actually, at one point in that game, we thought the Steelers might be able to come back. And maybe that's years of the Browns being terrible. But they almost blew that game. There was a chance the Steelers could have came back in that one. Mike Tomlin decided to punt. But I do not trust the Browns to play in an AFC championship game. I'm just not ready for it. So I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Andy Reid coming off a bye week to absolutely positively cover that 10-point spread. Yes, the Chiefs didn't cover all year. I've come on this podcast numerous times and shamed them for it. I said good teams win, great teams cover. Kansas City just isn't a great team. But they will absolutely win this game by a couple of touchdowns. And the Cleveland Browns story, we'll applaud it. But they'll go into the offseason and maybe we'll root for them next year to take another step. And then the second half of the AFC games, we have the Buffalo Bills taking on the Ravens. I like I like the Ravens. Lamar Jackson finally got got the playoff win that we were all criticizing him for. Can Lamar Jackson win in the playoffs? He finally got it done last week against the Tennessee Titans. Yes, they only put up 20 points against a terrible defense. Yes, they were down 10 to nothing in that game. But I'm going to root for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens because we say it all the time. In January, running the football will play. And the Ravens have run the football better than any team in the last six weeks dating back to the 1950s. The Bills played the Indianapolis Colts, and I was not impressed with, it, with the Bills. I really wasn't. I expected Phillip Rivers to throw a couple of interceptions. But the Colts stayed in that game for a, too long of a time. They had a chance to win it at the end. Josh Allen, incredible drive from his own five-yard line. That was amazing to watch. He threw the football, which I thought was going out of play. But Gabriel Davis somehow on the same drive kept his feet in twice. Josh Allen is still the most fun quarterback to watch. Him versus Lamar Jackson is going to be fun as hell. The Ravens right now are plus two and a half dog going into Buffalo. Cold weather. I know Josh Allen played ball at Wyoming in college. That will benefit him. Lamar Jackson, a Florida kid, played at Louisville in college. Hasn't really played in cold weather. But running the football, the Ravens will have to do. And I'm going to trust them to continue to do that against a Buffalo Bills defense that let Phillip Rivers and the Colts stay in the game. So I'm taking the Ravens plus two and a half. And you know what? I must say that I went 0-6 last week, and that's hard to do. Going into that Sunday night game when I was 0-5, you best believe I was rooting for myself to go 0-6. I actually was. I was like, you know what? I'd rather honestly go. I think it's harder to go 0-6 while picking games than it is to go 6-0. That's how crazy that was to go 0-6. And you know what? I'm still picking games because I got pride. You guys need to win some money. So once again, the hashtag, do it all day, fade Cody, please. This week, I'm hoping to go 4-0, but you know what? If I go 0-4, I'm not mad about it. That's what we have. And you know what? Sorry about it. I will root for the Rams, but deep down, I want the Rodgers first Mahomes Super Bowl more than anything that has a chance to occur. 
and I want Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in that NFC championship game against each other. And the AFC, if we get Josh Allen first Mahomes, that's going to be an even better appetizer because we have the young pups potentially going up against the old dogs the following week. And Josh Allen versus Mahomes, we've really predicted that all year. That's been the question. Can Josh Allen go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes? And if Lamar Jackson ends up winning that game against the Bills, it's Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. They hype that one up every time they go against each other. It hasn't been in Lamar's favor, but I will love to see it once again in a championship winner go home for him. So those are the games we have this weekend. We are so close to closing in on who will be the Super Bowl matchup. Super Bowl parties, I don't know where we're going to watch them this year. I don't know if there will be Super Bowl parties, but I'm absolutely ready for it. And I said I had a crazy week because you know what? I must come clean. Dry January came to a crashing halt on January 12th. I heard someone say that you need, to, you need to find out what kind of alcohol you like in your 20s. That's your experiment time. You need to find out what you like so in your 30s, when you're relaxed, when you maybe have kids one day, you can sit back and have that alcohol drink of choice. So you know what? I got some whiskey on January 12th. I just had a cup of it. I felt good. It was a cold night, warmed me up a little bit, and then I crashed just a couple of hours later. I liked it. I enjoyed it. So dry January, over but I might like whiskey. And I got two years to find out what whiskey I like. And you know what? Crazier, January 13th, I went on a hike. I went on a hike probably too late with my girlfriend. It was 5 p.m. That sun went down too quickly. Hike wasn't finished. It got dark and I was scared shitless. She was probably scared too. She probably doesn't want to know how scared I was, but I was scared. We walked into that hike and the first sign that I saw was mountain lions are here, watch out. And I didn't have a damn weapon on me. I wish I took the box cutter that's in my car. I don't know what I would do with it, but it seriously crossed my mind. If a, bo- if a mountain lion comes across us, I'm going to have to get eaten. I'm literally going to have to throw myself at this mountain lion to eat while she runs away or watches me die right there in front of her face. So night hikes, not a good idea. Terrible idea. I'm becoming a hike guy, but night hikes, Awful. Didn't even have a flashlight. Had my phone flashlight. iPhone. Let's update our flashlight. Let's update it. But I was scared shitless. I'm going to say this on this podcast. She's probably not going to hear that. But you know what? She should know that I would have jumped in front of the mountain lion and died. But there you have it. That's the 10 After 7 podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm fired up for this weekend. We got NFL. We got some NBA games. College football's over. But next year, hopefully... Everyone plays 12 games, and there's no debate about it. But you can follow me on Twitter at 10 after 7 or on the Instagram at 10 underscore after 7. I'm out. Woo! Go Dodgers.